Welcome to Hardy Dice Friends. I, you can hear it in your ears. You can see it on your screen. You can taste it with your eyes. Rub your eyes against your earbuds. I'm Lionel Richie, and I'm here. Hello! I'm not Hello. Lionel Richie. That was a joke. Oh no! My name's, my I'm name's... genuinely disappointed. Oh, I had banners made. I've been let my down again. My name's Grant Howitt. Shut up. My name's Grant Howitt. <laughs> This guy who won't stop interrupting me is Chris Taylor. Neither of us are Lionel Richie, and this is Hearty Dose Friends. This is a podcast about role-playing games, kind of roughly. We answer some questions that you send in or that we stole, then we make up role-playing games. And first things, Chris, I'd like to apologise for telling you to shut up. That wasn't fun. It was fun. Good, okay. Do it again. Shut up. (laughs) We are recording. I think this is the least amount of space we've had in a long time between podcasts we are relentless we're recording this two days after we recorded the last one yes and you'll notice a quality change in my voice here Mm. christopher no longer coming from the uh inside of a taxi that's driving past you (laughs) like inside an empty can of beans (laughs) christopher no longer yelling from inside your washing machine trying to escape (laughs) what i did you see was i plugged in my mic correctly Mm-hmm. So it's actually picking up the right mic and not just telling me that it's the right mic. Mm. Hmm. Well, thanks, Audacity. At least it's free. It is alarmingly free. It's got that going for it. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the alternative is. Expensive. Well, so, oh, so it's got, it's got a little fishy surprise there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Listener, I, I had I had fish. I had atrovies for lunch, and they're just. They're just making themselves known. <laughs> don't, don't know whether they're staying in, but I uh, thought I'd just explain. From what I understand, you've got a jar of olives, and then you just poured some anchovies in, shook it up and drank it. It's my standard 11s is, yes. Yeah. Sometimes I'll put in capers there if I'm on a health kick. <laughs> Today, it was tea time, so I boiled it. <laughs> That's probably the most disgusting thing I could think of. That is really unsettling. I don't like the idea of boiled olives. No. I'll boiled olive anything. water, crucially. For all I know, they could be boiled. Like maybe that, maybe that's how they're, that's how they're served. But you know, double boiling is always a problem. I'm, I've never plucked them off a tree and then eaten them fresh and raw. No, because they're, they're they're fish eggs. Olives. Yeah. Caviar. Okay. What do you think the seeds are? Fish. Yeah, little baby fish. Oh, okay. Uh, we have done even less than usual because we've <laughs> had less time to do to do nothing. Mm-hmm. In between events, we have we have started actually writing up the game we invented in the last episode. Right, like that happened almost immediately. It was pretty good. Yeah, um, and uh, I think like two other games as well. We are we are in a we are in a period of what's the word? Unfettered creativity, and by unfettered, I mean not concerned with things like making money or being legible. <laughs> Nobody has to see the other things we do right now. Chris and I are just sort of taking turns to throw one and a half to three pages of Google Doc into the void. 
Yeah. And maybe maybe one of them will make money. Who knows? At this point, who cares? It's great to create. Yes, that's tr- that's how you can remember because it rhymes. Anything else to 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 do to tell them about in the podcast? Um, that's a smashing blouse you have on. Yeah, you look great. I love what you're doing with your hair. If you have hair, if you don't, I love the way you don't have any. Oh, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I love what you're doing with your hair. No, no, no. Your body hair. <laughs> there we go. Everyone's that, got body hair. Is that a pompadour? <laughs> is, that a, is that a downstairs pompadour? <laughs> Christopher. Yes. What's the word? Shift your downstairs pompadour out of the way and ask me a question. And move it to one side. Yeah. Jonathan asked, How am I supposed to organise all of my RPG PDFs? I have over 300 folders in my RPG folder. Do I do it by genre? Rule system? Colour of cover art? You come, you come, in, come in to us with your exciting queries. Mm-hmm. This is your... I'd like to think the Hardy Dice Friends could become the world's premier comedy resource relying on file management techniques. <laughs> we will make Dewey Decimal jokes all day. So I, I sort my, my role-playing games. Uh, I have a, a top-level folder called, called, called Storage, which, which is just my hard drive. Mm-hmm. And I put them in there. That's, that's very clever. That means you always know where they are. I always know where they are, except if they're not there, but generally they're there. And I just use the search function that comes with computers. Ah, uh, but then you have to have them named correctly. Oh, yeah, and that's the other thing. I don't have them named correctly. <laughs> you also have to know, like, in some cases, who did them. It took me, it took me 20 minutes to find a single image today in storage. Mm-hmm. And, and I searched storage several times. I think I, I I once had a beautiful filing system. Oh, it's gorgeous. I I even had like hidden files that was the folder art. It was mm. perfect. Now what it is is I think five folders spread across various hard drives. Uh, <laughs> hidden in your house. Yeah, named various things like RPGs, RPG reads, one 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 sort me one 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 one. I will say I never do one. I, I never give like I never have garbage file names. That's something which which I've managed to avoid. That's good. Well, I mean, mine does say sort me, so I could find sort me. That's true. That makes sense. However, that would find one of the three sort me files, mm. each with a different spelling of me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's more organised than mine, but in a way less organised. In, in a way, the, mine's all in this. Mine's all in the same pile, but also with every image I've ever saved, every document I've ever made. Yes, everything I've downloaded, uh, the the raw audio files for Hearty Dice Friends, uh, the various like every single draft of a book we've got back from Mina, I'll put that in there. It's crucial, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. At least it's not as bad as a a friend of mine when I was young. His his family computer mm-hmm. was used heavily by his father, and his father put everything in root C. Okay. And it was, yeah, just literally anything he did at any point all went in Route C. It's going to be quite chewy. But also, like, just finding program files was difficult. Finding the program you wanted to run was now impossible. I've got a question for you, Christopher. Mm -hmm. Now, we're we're grown men. We like doing grown men stuff. We're big adults, yes. We're big adults. We're especially big, actually. We're taller than most adults. Mm. And now, of course, because we've got permanent internet all the time, Live wise, what I'm saying is we don't need to store our pornography anymore. 
Correct. You simply get pornography from a streaming site, which you log on to, or you access a free one if you if you if you go that way, and you um, or like you search, you know, bums in Google Boobs. and have a look. Boo, big, big boo. What I'm wondering is, when you were younger, what was your method for hiding your pornography? Oh, that's that's fairly easy. You yeah. turn, the, you, yeah, you you zip it, mm-hmm. and then turn it into a JPEG. Ah, you change okay. the you change the old the old file name bit at the end after the right. dot to dot JPG. Got, it, it would just be a JPEG that didn't work. You got to hope it doesn't accidentally work and say Chris is it in here. Please unzip this file. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have saved it as an actual working JPEG that said that. I suppose at that point it is theoretically possible to make a JPEG which translates into a word file. Oh, absolutely! Like you can have a PDF that looks like a that looks like and functions as uh, a JPEG. Mm, all those all those old those old images back on 4chan, which like the thumbnail was a completely different picture from the main picture. Yeah, because of I don't know wizardry. I don't know computer shit. Yeah, computer shit. That's pretty good. So what, so what we're saying is you should just hide all of your RPGs as yeah, explicit yeah. pornography. What if someone you fancied came around <laughs> and was like, "I was like, oh, I'm just going to have a check. I'm going to have a check of the old email because it's um it's 2003 and I don't have a phone on me." Mm-hmm. They, they, they 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 dial up to CompuServe and and, and log on to their on, onto your computer. I'm like, "What's this? A role playing game? Oh, I was going to have sex with this person. Uh-huh. Absolutely, oh, absolutely dice." Oh, imaginary dragons? No thanks. Hey, buddy, and and then and they'll shout at some bad boy on a motorcycle who's outside and be like, no, 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 hop on the back, baby, and then they'll, they'll hop on the back and go off into the um into the sunset, which is why you want to rename all of it or like you know, bums. <laughs> I could feel your brain going through thirty different iterations of what you could say. Thanks, Chris. It's a real difficult stance to strike because I could come up with the real names of pornography. An films. alarmingly accurate name of pornography, yeah. And I, and I can come up with silly names of pornography films, but I can't come up with, with the name of a, like a funny, yeah. accurate name of a pornography film. Yeah, so Bums was your best choice and thanks yeah. for making it. No, no worries, dude. Yeah, there, the, there, 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 there's an element of, of like when you name a porn film, it's like, oh, that's what you're into, I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm. the only other one I would have accepted was a boob three. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for the sequel. <laughs> a boob four. Like, they're got, yeah, they're going to bring in some new characters Ooh. in a boob four. Well, it's about the other boob. It alternates. Oh, that's clever. Very sexy. <laughs> it's just a crime drama. Hugely sexy. The, the boob solves crimes. We, we're going to need to get on before I stop complaining about trends in pornography. Yeah, that's fair. Just, just, um, just, just finish off this question. I don't know. Yeah. Stick them in a folder. It's really hard. There's no good yeah, online repository. Okay, okay, just keep okay, it all okay. in one place. It's not dumb. color. Not color of cover art. That's a terrible plan. No, that is maybe okay for books that physically exist, but whatever. That's that's that. Like at that point, I think you should. I I, I don't like organizing things by color. I think that's that's a fool's errand. What I want is Steam, mm. but for RPG books, because right. drive-through system is. Absolute garbage. Mm. I oh, this is terrible. Yeah, it's just it's, it's unusable. But like in Steam, you've got all the stuff that you bought through Steam. Mm-hmm. But you can also add any game that you've got to Steam, and it will just mm. launch the executable. Mm. Why can't I do that with PDFs? Well, that's, there's no money to be made. 
I know, but well, I guess that could be made to be made. Well, if you if you own the the, the if you own Steam, I mean, St- Steam makes a shit ton of money. Yeah, precisely. Steam makes a great deal of money. I suppose like Roll Twenty is the equivalent because you can get native rules in there, and it also gives you a means of of playing games with people and finding games. Yeah, but what what I want is a program that like displays the PDF in a really nice way. Be mm, prints it out. Can print it out, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and but has it in like curated categories already. Mm. So when you when you when you buy, um, I literally can't think of a role playing game. It's not mine. Delta Green. What are you reading at the moment? Vasen? Vasen. Vasen. Yeah, so if you get Vasen, you'll get like historical, horror, fairy tales. Mm. You know, and it'll it'll tag it to all of those different things. And then you could search by tag and directory and stuff within your own personal library. And if you have anything from any other system, you can add it there. Yes. That would be I, I don't get off on organization. I absolutely do. You absolutely do. I think like I think like arranging it by genre. That's what I'd go for. So like so like oh like is, is this horror or is this not, you know? That doesn't matter. Try like try, like pick pick six genres, slap them in there, and if you can't find it, search for it. Because you can just search for them. If you know what it's called. Then yes, fair, okay. Then simply write down the names of all of your RPGs on your wall in alphabetical order. Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. That's great. Now you will have to repaint the wall a lot. <laughs> so you should or, get a, a new one that goes in just after A. Only buy books in alphabetical order. Oh, that's simple. Yeah, just start at the A's and work your way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could have, for example, um, uh, Quiet Year. There we are. That would be Q, wouldn't it? Fuck. Mm-hmm. Ascendancy. Not out yet, but but a role-playing game <laughs> begins with A. Buy that. Read it. Write Ars it down. Ars Magica. There you go. Ars Magica. And then next up, B. Big eyes, small mouth. It's Cthulhu. Yeah, but, oh, what's your favourite episode of Mighty Dice <laughs> Friends? Oh, I, like the one with, I like the one where they play a sort of sawn-off version of the minister's cat, but they just name role-playing games that begin with letters. Oh, yeah, that's my favourite episode. I love it, that one. It's a pretty strong episode. Do you want to ask me a question? Do you yeah, want, Do you want to move on? Do you want to just cast this yeah. to one side? Yeah. Like a dead going cat? To, I'm going to throw it hard out the window. Wow. Devilfish101. Oh, it's dead. Devilfish101 asks... If you cast the D&D spell Mending on a pair of purposely ripped jeans, would it repair the holes? Would it go so far as to unstonewash the denim, or would it just leave the jeans as they are? Hmm. I'm leaning. I'm leaning my face upon steepled fingers here. Mm-hmm. I guess, technically, the Mending spell isn't a smart spell, right? Like, it doesn't take context. It wouldn't take context into account. Oh. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the cost supplies the context. Possibly, but what I'm thinking at like a base level, right, is that if the genes were made with holes in, mm-hmm. i.e., those holes were never complete and then ripped, then it mm. would preserve the holes. But but if it was I, I, made complete and then intentionally ripped, yeah. it would it would happily repair those. Hmm. But that's that, that's a really interesting, like bizarre question, honestly, because it's about spell context and intent. Yeah, and that's 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 why I put it in here. It's it's, it's kind of interesting because like mending has a 
one of the things which fascinates me about D and D is the is the is the sort of measurable absolutes. Mm. So, like, there is a broken state of a thing, um, and like the state of being broken is something which which you can if you if you can cast mending on something, it's broken. Yes. So therefore, you can definitely like like you. It, it is possible to to have a, a what's the word objectively broken thing in that you could go around casting bro- um, casting mending on things until it fixed something mm. and everything that it didn't fix is not broken even if it's acting weird well, like for example what if I um, let's say I make art by um, putting explosives on on metal. Mm-hmm. That's not a very common method of doing it's art. Rare. But it, is, it is rare, but it, I've, I've seen it done, and it's pretty cool. Are you not just damaging the metal? Mm. And I suppose, like, what you have to, what you have to hope for, I think, with that is is that you are you are working, you are transmuting the item back into a state which you believe is fixed. Mm. Is is original and intent like like it's it's not the it's not the creator's intent it's your intent. I guess like the the kind of root question here is I can't think of the word for it. It's a word for it's a word used in AI. I want to say heuristics, but it's probably not heuristics. That's a good word. It might be. It's that. a great word. I'm going to use it. It's probably not the right word though. Okay. Um, like is 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 a is a spell heuristic or is it code? For instance, what is, if, if what you does use, heuristic mean? I don't know. That's why, <laughs> I'm using the wrong word. That's what I mean. Um, essentially, what I'm saying is, does the is is magic to a degree intelligent? And when I say intelligent, I mean mm. smart. Like like you can have smartphones that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, or is it like Winzip? Like Winzip does one thing. It makes mm. it takes um, it hides long. It hides pornography, but it takes strings of code. And where there's like seven zeros in a row, it goes zero to the seven. Right. And just makes that smaller, right? Mm-hmm. So that the file size is reduced and then you just expand it out the other end. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything clever. It doesn't do anything intelligent. It just runs through one protocol. Right. Or does a spell look at a situation and like calculate what the context is? Well, I mean, we have the caster. Yes, as but, well. but that's the thing. Like when you're looking at like a, a wizard, mm-hmm. they're co- they're copying the same spell over and over and over and memorizing that. Right. Like true. So what I'm saying is like that's it's possible to look at that as though that's compiling code in their head. Yeah, definitely. I, I but I I think I'd also have like uh, let, let's say make sandwich was a spell. Sure. I'd argue that that you and I both know. We're, what we have at the end is both going to look like a sandwich, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be the same sandwich. No, that's very true. But then it works. I, and then I'm wondering if it works like you cast make sandwich on mm-hmm. sandwich ingredients. Mm. Then it puts them together right. in the form of a sandwich. So if uh-huh. you and I provide different sandwich ingredients, it would just build a different one. It's not doing anything. It's us. So I suppose it casting like- it on different things. We need to think how we like what game mechanics that sandwich would have. So like, so like, when you cast make sandwich, you generate a sandwich which will heal uh, d four hit points when eaten. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily matter what's in the sandwich. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And it doesn't like it doesn't matter what color the fireball is. 
No, not at all. It, it doesn't matter the precise dimensions of the tiny hut. Well, it does, actually. Mm-hmm. That, one, that one's not a great example. <laughs> um, but you... I think this is like p- part of the issue with this for me is the, is is the demystification of magic that D and D has suffered from uh, from I'm going to say second three point five onwards. Okay. In that I really like the OSR school of magic, which is I don't know, it's weird <laughs> and like and like especially religious magic. And that there's all sorts of like spell misfire tables, and well, you're gonna beseech some, you're gonna beseech some shit, and then maybe you'll get what you want, but you want, but you don't really know. Here's hoping. Here's hoping, and that is like that for me feels much more magical, and also uses the GM as a as a tool rather than I'm gonna apply this precise pressure to the world using these components, which means this precise outcome will happen. Yeah, like um, third edition definitely feels like it's win- it's the wind zip of the magic world. Mm. It's it magic does one thing and it does it exactly like that. Like the so, closest you can get is you can miss or something can resist to it it going through change. But when you've got a GM involved interpreting stuff, mm. then it suddenly gets a lot more interesting as a system and as a concept. The classic example I think of this is the one is when you cast remove poison on beer and it becomes water. Yes, and like. Beer is legally poison. Mm-hmm. Alcohol is legally poison. However, it's intended poison. Yes. It's okay. Po- we wanted that poison there. Similarly, some holes in jeans are okay. We wanted those. Yeah. Those were intended. We've accounted and for them. I think that, honestly, the answer to this question is whatever's funnier. Yeah, at the heart of it. What- it's whatever's funnier and whatever's better. Whatever the character doesn't want. Or like if 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 they're mending trousers and they repair the jeans and then the sexy um, half elven sorcerer who they were trying to smooch and fix their jeans for it's like oh my god you've ruined my you've ruined my Donatello Melfasted Arrow jeans oh <laughs> sorry can, can, can I take that one again of course my acid arrow washed jeans yeah there we go That's there the we one. go yeah cool <laughs> no my acid fog cloud wait what yeah, uh, it's, just, it's just just whatever's funny. Pretty right. much. One more question, Chris, and then we're going to move on. This is by Drag Plus. Okay. From from Reddit. Mm-hmm. Scene detail. How much should you give? Mm. I'm going to say that again because I dropped something in the middle there. You did a bit, yeah. Scene detail. How much should you give? So here's the rub, right? Here's the rub. It's just the way my trousers are. <laughs> Here's the rub, sir. You are the you are the the characters, the players' sole point of contact with this mystical world, this fantasy world. Maybe you have a map or something you can look at, but you are fundamentally in charge of everything. And when it comes to scene detail, you're it, baby. <laughs> you're the one. You're the one. Maybe maybe you get a picture or something, but that's pretty rare. And generally, what you do is you describe everything to the players. So there is a balance between this is interesting and this is important, which you have to strike. Mm-hmm. And you also have to play the dance, which is well. I'm not just going to tell you what's happening. You have to earn it somehow by doing a series of actions, which I will not outline to you. Tell them nothing, and then you, as the GM, win. Yeah, precisely. 
and uh, you've got you've got a real challenge in terms of picking things out to, to put in a room because if if you mention something, you know, I mean like I think everyone's had the had the experience of players picking up on a throwaway detail, and then really pursuing it. See, I have a special problem there because I'm slightly better at throwaway details than I am at main plot. They are easier, aren't they? They're a lot easier. Yeah. And it means that, unfortunately, most of my campaigns become whatever throwaway detail I say first. Mm. Which is, I'm going to say for the first session and a half, better. Cracking. And then there there comes a point where like, you're trying to sustain long-form long improv over, I don't know, months? Mm-hmm. And that really starts to get chewy. It's retiring. I, I think guess, in I future guess. I'm actually just going to go, you know what, that was a throwaway detail. Y'all should ignore it now. Mm. Oh yeah, like I'll I'll generally lampshade it in character and be like, oh, I actually haven't got a name. Uh, I'm not I'm not really important enough for Grant to warrant a description of me. You should probably move on. No, I am actually the most tedious person in this village. <laughs> yeah, uh, you you can just say I suppose. Um, but in terms of scene detail, like I find. And this is this is ancient advice, but I I feel it bears repeating. Uh, is how does it smell? How does it smell? What's the temperature like? What are the sounds? Because like it smells, smells cold. It smells cold. Well, you I mean like out, outdoors smells different when it's cold. It smells different when it's hot. You know, you does, that. Yeah. but they can really ground players in the scene. Like players hate it when you tell them whether they like it, whether they like something or not. So like, oh, it smells gross. Oh, I don't know. I love I love the gross smelling things. I eat it. But like, oh, it smells like it smells like um, it smells like roasting spices. It smells like uh, uh, the the static electricity that uh, used to hang around when when you turn on a CRT monitor. It smells like yeah. It smells like hot plastic. You know, mm. you can have all these things, and then they will ground players in that in that in that environment without saying, hey, go and go and investigate the smell. Yeah, and interestingly, you can actually use that, like, I say against the players. But you can okay. use it to, to shorten scenes if you want to. So, like... It's, <laughs> no, no. Someone farts in the room. <laughs> yeah, everyone just gets out. No, but, like, focusing on a detail. Right. So, if you, like, there's... You sneak into this person's office. Mm-hmm. It is a fairly standard office, but there is a strange bureau here. And the clue is in the bureau, right? Yeah, obviously that's that's. that's you, you, you told me it was strange. Yeah, and so they go. Well, I have a look in the bureau. You've got the clue. There's nothing else here. Please leave, and you can like com- compact. You can win zip these, right. these scenes right down. Man, you're getting a lot of mileage out of the old win zip today. Aren't yeah, you? my father paid for it, so I'm due. <laughs> really? Yeah. Dad's Dad got bought win zip. That's every time he buys a new computer, he pays for it. Well, WinRAR, I presume, yeah? Nope. You can't, you can't, I don't think you can buy WinZip. You can, can buy I WinZip. I thought it was WinRAR you had to buy. You can donate to WinZip, yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Well, hats off to him. Yeah. Does he zip a lot of stuff? More than you'd like. Mm. Where do you think I learned how to hide my porn? <laughs> Gotta get it from somewhere. What the fuck was I talking this about? This has gone well out. Um, I, remember, I remember. Fuck I remember. knows. You were saying how you can, how you can condense a scene... By saying something smells weird. Except but you didn't say that it smells weird. I didn't know. Because the question was, scene detail, how much should you give? Oh, so just one. And the idea is that, yeah, no, you give two. You give, this is a fair, like, 
a fairly standard office, like in the modern game. Mm-hmm. This is a fairly standard office. You you just rely on the context of the whole game. Literacy, yeah. Yeah, and and like everybody knows what an office looks like, and it doesn't yeah. matter if everybody shares the same thing. Yeah, the same image. When you say, yeah, however, there is an antique bureau that mm. looks like it's fifty percent clockwork. I really like the whole sort of swing which um, uh, Mark Rosewater had uh, on his like twenty game design things. Mm. Like twenty game design lessons, and one of them was like was was use player literacy. So if you put a picture of a big minotaur on a card, you don't need to explain how dangerous it is in the flavor text because they so, know how dangerous minotaurs are. Yeah, and like vampires, 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 are uh, half burning, man. burning hunker man. <laughs> Fuck man. Um. Yeah, you can you can certainly be be very clear about it and put it forward, but I think there's something to be said for a nice a nice like a little bit of evocativeness. I think draw the line at like, I don't like writing down how things smell beforehand. <laughs> I like learning how they smell later. I would also like to say that your method of um, saying it looks like an office in here is great. Uh, in as much as it allows people to bring that, so, but basically, like everyone's going to be skinning their own game, as it were, in their head. Yeah, it, and it often doesn't matter if all the players share that same vision. Yeah, it's like like they can they can act appropriately. Yeah, because I, I, it doesn't matter if the vision of an office is different. What you can mm. do in an office is going to be the same across them, right? Yeah, like there's going to be tables to hide under. There's going to be a photocopier somewhere. And if somebody goes, oh, I throw stuff, I, th- I throw stuff over the cubicle wall, mm-hmm. and the other person not wasn't really imagining a cubicle-based office because they've never worked mm-hmm. in one, say, mm-hmm. then they but they can easily switch without yeah. much problem, you know, mental gymnastics. They can just go, yeah, sure, there's cubicles now. I'm gonna release the chandelier. Then yeah. the, 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 what? Hang on a second. You don't have releasable chandeliers in an office. That's a, that's a health and safety violation. But what's what's interesting is that as people play more and more and more games in mm. more and more settings, that they increase that vocabulary, that literacy. Mm. And it keeps going to the point when you can just go, essentially, there's a dungeon corridor. Like, if I said to you, a dungeon corridor, can you describe it to me, Grant? Chris, I literally did this in a game. <laughs> I was running a game of D&D, and I said the dungeon has a dungeon-like interior. Yeah. Which... My players didn't really get into as, uh, as 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 much as you are here. I think I, I think honestly the the way that you said it is framed as a joke. I I was I, was, I wasn't it wasn't deliberate. <laughs> no, no, I understand that. But like this dungeon like, looks a bit like a dungeon. But like but you know, like mildew, flagstones, dripping, no, I, like I had, sconces. I understand because of the yeah. context. Um, yeah. But if you're going into an office and you're like, this looks like a standard office, and you mm-hmm. say it like that, you say like. This is boring. Yeah. This is run of the mill. This is just at office. Mm-hmm. But what's weird is mm. this thing. Like, if, if you said, this is just a boring office, but it smells a lot like dragon in here. Mm. I mean, that's a different game, office. right? That, that everybody can just go, okay, yeah. so we're standing in an office, but what's weird is what we can focus on. I suppose that makes and you sense. Background, yeah. You just background everything else until somebody goes, actually, I'm going to use an office-y thing mm. in one of my descriptions. Use a, like, use, use a broad brush, like a, like a template for the base level, mm-hmm. and then only describe the things which, which are interesting or weird. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it's a little different if you're doing things like investigative games and it's a major scene. Mm. Um, because if you're like you're going, there's an office and there's probably clues in here. <laughs> Step like, two. You know, like what do players do? They've got nothing to latch onto. Mm. And the opposite of that is there is a filing system and it goes from A to C, mm. D to F, M to T. <laughs> you know, and like, well, which one do you look in? Ooh, like that's fine in a video game. But, but like you can quite you but you can go there's a the, the, this place is packed with filing systems and desks full of paper and a mm. and a computer that looks too old to be here because it's still it's like the monitor is green and you can hear the cursor clicking on and off you can imply a wealth of knowledge which the players never have to directly investigate yeah and then they can go okay I search through the papers I search through the filing yeah. cabinets and whatever oh, information what you can just shove it yeah. in there yeah. Or make them go to the blinking computer screen. It's like it's it's, it's strange because like we've we've picked up that level of um, abstraction in computer games. So if you walk up to something and press A, you'll only really get what's relevant. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a role playing game, that feels kind of cheap. Yeah, you kind of have to describe the the craft you go through until you find yeah. the thing. But yeah, it, all of this question is about literacy and about vocabulary. Mm. And I mean, you've done a talk, yeah. a talk about this. Yes, kind of. That, that, this, this that, was video games. that was mechanics in computer games, but yes. But like, I mean, if if I gave you a game, like it's a side-scrolling platformer, right, oh, a video nice. game, okay. and just handed you a controller, mm-hmm. you could play that game. A to jump. It's A to jump. You press right, yeah. generally B speaking. probably dashes or something. Sure. But like, you, you could, within 30 seconds, you can figure out how to play that entire game. Collect coins. Yeah. And as people play... Role playing games, that same thing happens. Yes, ah, um, you must you must have the quest. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And especially if you played with people for a long time, mm. like like a, there's a small group of you that have played you know, ten different games together, you mm-hmm. you know where they are in this in this vocabulary in this literacy, mm. and you can shorthand stuff and get to the cool bit. Yeah, there's like. And it, it like depending on which group I'm running with, running with, there's different ways that I'll describe stuff. Yeah, exactly. And what sort of tone I'm going for? Yeah, literacy. I like it. Congratulations. Well answered. Thank you. Shall we move on? Let's. Did you ever want a game to exist? Tom Slackerman writes in, Heaven Cards, Overjewel. The thing about... Hmm, no. The RPG about living in a UGO-type anime universe where literally the only thing that matters is a collectible card game. Players come up with ridiculous card names to get bonuses for their roles, write on actual note cards for dramatic effect. Have you watched any UGO? Only the first four seasons. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you're not really down with the current meta? No, no, I, I don't understand what's been happening now in whichever reality we're in. I, it's one of those sorts of games. I watched the, the redubbed version of it a few years ago, which is which is like a fan redub, which just puts, jo- puts jokes in. Okay. But the the overall idea, a bit like, you know how in Pokemon, all anyone ever fucking talks about is Pokemon? Mm-hmm. And like, I get it, that's why I'm here. 
you know, I, I don't want them to talk about taxes and stuff. But sure. it, it starts to feel a bit hollow. I guess, but Grant, you and I only really talk about role-playing games. Well, that's fair, but we're not... The thing is, if it was a Pokemon podcast, fine. Mm-hmm. The uh, the fact that it's it's a full world which it's simulating with your pallet towns, you know, Kanto, Lavender Forest, Vermilion, ghosts, etc. And that's, <laughs> that's an extensive that, knowledge. I'm quite impressed. Thanks, man. I've 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 played I've played most of Let's Go Eevee. Excellent. Well done. Thanks. Thank you very much. I rolled I rode a Snorlax. So the thing is in Pokemon, all anyone ever fucking talks about is Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And there's no other thing. And that's kind of how it works for Yu-Gi-Oh! as well. But I really like the idea of making... There's a, there's a, there's a game developed by intelligent people called um, A Thousand Blank White Cards, mm-hmm. which is basically a sort of masturbation that you do, but on paper. <laughs> okay. Um, you you make up some cards, and then you sort of... It's, it's, it's ludic, don't you know, darling? So you make up some cards and then you sort of play them against each other and you have and you you, you maybe drink some brandy and have a, have a good old guffaw about it. Right. So one person writes I win on the card and then you go home. You see that is the that is very much approaching this with the wrong mindset. I see. Uh, it, given that there is a mindset to approach this, you know. Yes. Yes. Um, that's very that's very fair. Yeah. Um, but that but like I also think that you know like from the way I described it perhaps I'm not a hundred percent behind it. But what I, <laughs> what I would like is some means of doing a game where we have over the top like card capture Sakura or Yu Gi Oh or Digimon or Pokemon or any sort of these collectible item things mm-hmm. where that's what matters in the world and like you're at the UN Yu Gi Oh conference <laughs> and I get to draw I get to draw like massive. Black Magician, or what's the other one? Blue Eyes, White Dragon, that's the one that was very popular. Yep. Or the one that was... Uh, the, 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 the Exodius? Exodia. Yeah, di- different arms and legs and a body. You get face of Exodia. <laughs> Exodia's that, mug. Exodia's mug. And so I think like, there's, there's something really fun about the idea of writing down ridiculous cards. I'm just not sure what the, uh, what the game is. Yeah, and like, when you're Unless you're doing like a very, as you say, like brandy soaked narrative evening, yeah, like you need to set out quite an extensive set of rules beforehand to work out what you're allowed to put on the card. Now, I did realize something this game already exists in Yu Gi Oh! So, yes, there is that. So, we could just play Yu Gi Oh! but loudly <laughs> in the street. <laughs> it's time to do, 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 duel. You just we need is like five people to just walk around a city centre, but with those big plastic Yu-Gi-Oh! Absolutely, like arm things where they yeah, put their like cards. The Yu-Gi-Oh! Equivalent of the hidden blade. Yeah, and <laughs> not hidden. The and then when blade. they bump into each other, just scream and play like the the the, the soundtrack on on the little Walkman they've got. Mm. But stand in the middle of the road and play it, and in, and pretend that like a big dragon is there. When they throw down a card, do we get someone dressed up as like the? Yeah, that the they, they'll run in from a nearby C and A or whatever, <laughs> where they've been hiding. A boarded up C and A. That's a very old shop. <laughs> yeah, they've not been open for at least fifteen years, I think. That is worrying. Yeah. Mm. So, can we just have a quick, a quick chat about Yu Gi Oh? Absolutely, mate. And about how I think it might actually be a genuinely dangerous base for an actual game. Go on. 
So, first off, it is it is very much pandering to the delusions of the people involved. How do you mean? Well, is it real? Well, it's holograms in, the, it, in a show. Or is it like five people just really, really not having a good day in a mental ward? So, on one hand, it's holograms, and you have a holographic arena, which you sort of put your cars down in, and then that sort of magics it up, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, some of those arenas actually hurt and kill the people who are in them. Oh, okay, and so on, people do die. And on the third hand, for the entirety of the first series, Yuji's granddad is placed in the shadow realm. Yes, there is where that. He, where he will be forever, unless Yuji wins the card tournament. And the, the the evil the evil doer, as I remember, mm-hmm. um, is this quite imposing, very tall gentleman in a white suit. Yes, handsome fellow. Yeah, um, who really loves cartoon dragons. He likes one particular cartoon dragon. No, no, not 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 not, not him. Eyes. Not 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 Sato Kaiba. Oh, Maximilian Dorito. I've forgotten his surname. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Hi. like he, he has, I'm he the has a tomb of the deck. Right. Okay. Yes. Sure. And he's the bad bad guy. Right. I don't remember him. I'm afraid. I only. Gosh, really I hope I'm thinking of the right time. series. <laughs> but I just find it yeah. weird that this man's not allowed near kids. Well, he's he's got the money, you know. That doesn't make it okay. Doesn't make it okay, but he can he can bribe his way through whatever he wants. Yeah. I really want to have a game where I can write down something hugely complex on a card mm-hmm. and then like gesture at, at someone else with that and have that matter. And you've got to throw it at somebody, and if it hits them, then it counts. Oh, that's that's a crit. Exactly. Yeah. And hopefully they they have time to read the card and then have to <laughs> react as though a very large dragon has just appeared or whatever the fuck you've you written simply, on that card. You simply shout out the mechanics very quickly and loudly. <laughs> Like, I get plus one d4 to attack with my creatures. I thought we were playing Rummy. It's just you, you draw your hand back. If you have any discarded creatures in the graveyard, you merely search. <laughs> I think, I think this game is perhaps difficult, mm. like genuinely yeah. quite yeah, difficult hard to make. To play. Yeah. To make end play, honestly. Mm. Yeah, and I, I suppose like like the other thing about Yu-Gi-Oh is that it didn't seem to really have so like it had it had the fact that there was this ancient game, which was Egyptian? which was yeah it was Egyptian and so like it it was magicy yeah and then the cards are kind of the surviving elements of the magic that have gone down through civilizations yeah um, but the overall theme is yeah whatever. Yeah, sure. Like it doesn't they don't really seem to give a shit what the cards summon. And I think it might be quite hard to establish that theme for a for for an improvised game. Yes, for a playable game. Yeah. That is strictly competitive. Yeah. Like if it if it was essentially a just pure co op. Well, it would be way. fake competitive. Yes, but like when you when when you're trying to get to an end point where somebody has won mm. as a as a, as, a, as an end state. That's very difficult to set rules up for. The actual cards themselves don't matter. It's what you believe. <laughs> True. So your stats are like heart and conviction and, and hair. friends. Hair. Hair's a big one. 
Um, and then, and then, like, you're simply rolled against that. The cards are simply window dressing. No. No. Throw it away. Don't like it. Move on. What you got? Um, Steve, excellent games design D, says, nobody lives in the castle. What I want is a role-playing exploration of what happens when Mario finds out that the princess is in another castle. <laughs> it's one of those, one of those, um, 90-word lyric games. Yeah, and it's it's like you've just done all of this. Like you've been through pipes, you've eaten a butt ton of mushrooms. You've, yeah, you've jumped on mushroom with mushrooms with feet. You've grown and shrunk a lot. A lot. Your like, bones are gonna be fucky. Oh, your clothes are torn, and you finally get to this castle, and like it is covered in cobwebs and a layer of dust. Mm. You have spent too long in the pipes. And it's all about working out what happened here. It's basically Mario playing Gone Home. Oh, that's it. Okay, so actually what I'd like to do is have everything very abstracted. It only becomes apparent halfway through that you're playing Gone Home. Maybe yes. maybe even, like, at the end. So so it has the... It's, it's, it's PT. Possibly, yeah. Oh, actually, no. What you do yeah. is you give somebody... A f- not too complicated, because they'll, they'll immediately spot the ruse, but like mm-hmm. a fairly complex character sheet. Like, it's got stats right. and skills and all sorts of stuff on it. Sure. And what you do is you play Mario. Right. Like, it's a role-playing game of playing Mario that lasts maybe ten minutes. Jump across this gap, jump on the Goomba, cut yeah. the coin. Yeah. And, and you really sell it as like, oh, we're trying this thing of like, it's role-playing in a platformer. Right, okay, yeah. Um, and then ten minutes in, you get to the castle and it's abandoned. And you, all you have is jump, stomp, consume. Those are your abilities. But you've got to try and work out what happened here. Pretty sure I read about this in the Creepypasta. Really? No, but it's, 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 it's the sort of thing that, that, that Creepypastas get written about. Sure. Where like, like I found this haunted copy of Mario where it turned <laughs> out that, that, that Princess Peach was, was, was a ghost. And then I went to the bathroom and Princess Peach was in the shower. Ah! Dun, dun, dun. But I kind of like those games that attempt to play a trick on the players. Do you? Yeah, sometimes. Hmm. Like there was one you ran a very long time ago where whatever one person said was technically true. It was. But you didn't uh... tell them or the rest of the group. So whatever the, the, the rules are, and you can run this yourself. Dear, uh, dear reader, the the rules are make up the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, like mechanically, what, all all you have to do mechanically is come up with a system which looks real enough that players don't realise that you're just making it up. But what you do is periodically, every like three to five minutes, you ask players what they're thinking, um, and they they wake up in this strange sort of this strange sort of like woodland environment, and they start exploring, and then whatever they're thinking of uh, is introduced in some way into the dreamscape uh, and the overall plot is that um uh, it's, it's for there's, there's there's four players and one of them is an extra dimensional alien who's trapped the people there and, and they want to get them to kill each other and the other three people don't know that there's an extra dimensional alien there uh, and if they want to escape they have to kill him and that's the game it's pretty good it's surprisingly good fun actually but that's that's one of those games where like you you lie to the players about the mm. game yes that's true um, and it, it really works. And that's why I think with this, you keep the first bit, the Mario part, mm. literally 10 minutes. Play that straight. You play it straight. They've got all of their, the things in their character sheets are useful. It's fairly easy. Mm-hmm. They feel pretty good. 
they're waiting for the challenge and then the challenge comes when none of their skills apply mm. to the situation and they've got yeah. to try and work out what's going on well you, well you can crush or punch the grieving mushroom <laughs> yeah and like um there's a there's a bedroom behind you there's the kitchen in front of you and some stairs to your right uh okay i go up the stairs mm, that's to your right um you can't move into the camera Sorry, this Quick is Mario Q. Brothers 2. Quick cue about Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. So Mario obviously eats mushrooms. That's the one. I'm not, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going for the obvious magic mushroom joke that's been made before. Whatever. No, it's because he's Italian. Okay. So Mario eats <laughs> mushrooms. Um. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm like, oh, you put mushrooms in bolognese? You don't. <laughs> I do. Well, I mean, I mean, you do. One, one shouldn't, according to Italians, because their grandmothers didn't. That's, that's, that's entirely fair, but I like to put as many things as I can in a bolognese. Absolutely. The bol- like, a bolognese, it's, it's like, like, I like to think that we hit sort of a gumbo level with it. Yeah, so there's 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 English bolognese and then there's actual bolognese. Mm. And I don't like actual bolognese. There's no I don't meat think, in it. No, not at all. It's rubbish. No, meat sauce, please. Yeah. I want, I want at least four kinds of meat in there. At least. Mushrooms, maybe some beans, spices, get rid of the oregano, put some chilli in there. <laughs> I want a burrito. Yeah, if you could, yeah, if you could put some rice uh, next to it and wrap it up, um, uh, uh, just like Nana used to make, huh? Yeah, great, cool, cheers, dude. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, sour cream, please, no guac. I don't want to pay extra. Um, he eats mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, he is friends with mushrooms. Yes. And before we get into a goofy Pluto-style situation, the mushrooms he eats have eyes. They do, yes, and they run. Well, they perambulate. Well, they move quickly away they from sh- him. They slither? <laughs> they slide. Yeah, they as slide. If, as if the ground like, yeah. to ice. Yeah. And, like, it's it's apparent that they don't, especially the one-ups, don't wish to be caught. No. No, they're tricksy beasts. Well, except, actually, no, in, um, in, as, as, as a wonderful variant of Super Mario 64 called, called The Green Demon... Mm-hmm. Where you climb, uh, certain trees you climb, and then a, um, a a green mushroom pops out, and then and then chases after Mario to be collected and become a one up. And on the green demon variant, you climb that tree, then you try and collect eight red coins before the one up catches you, but it goes through walls. Okay. It's it's it becomes a sort of terrifying horror game where you're like, am I safe? Am I safe? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was really wonderful. It's rather neat, yes. So the point is, what happens if Mario eats a toad? Well, he becomes more powerful than we could ever imagine. Is that like like an ogre Mario, or is it like the guys from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Mario? I have I've never seen that. Oh, um, sort of runway muscular. Okay. Chiselled, inhuman looking. No, I think I think it like the mushroom simply increases his size. Like it, it it makes uh, it, the sprite bigger. Yeah, well, it increases the size, but also like it it changes the sprite. Like like the, it does, like, yeah. the little Mario is very sort of squashed up, whereas the big Mario has like joints. But I can only imagine he has a lot more joints. Although I suppose really the only thing that changes is the size of his moustache because it's very big on the little one. Hmm. Actually, that's the only constant. <laughs> the only thing that stays the same. Yeah, it's true. So it would be. I like to imagine that that if he eats enough toads, eventually he just starts to go off the screen. Yeah, you just see like a bit of a bootlace in high definition. Okay, new game. Rust, but it's Mario. 
As in the video game rust. Yes, as in the video game rust. Not not the thing that happens to, to Iron when you leave it outside. Yeah, that's that's what I was just double-checking there. <laughs> New game. I'm going to stare at these old scissors I found until the Mario comes out. <laughs> it's gotten dark for me. So you've got like a survival element, but you're Mario? You're Mario. So so basically you've got you've got hella jumps. Okay. But maybe you don't start with hella jumps. What you have to do is eat as many mushrooms as possible. Every right. time you get hurt, your overall size goes down. Whilst trying and to build a base? That's crucial for growing more mushrooms. Or I presume blocks, which is where, where mushrooms come from. Okay, so you've got to farm the blocks and run them through some sort of but elaborate machine to squeeze the mushrooms out of them. Baby, that's only going to get you so far. You've got to start eating toads and toadettes. <laughs> so you wanted some sort of camp? I, uh, I, I don't want that. I think I'd much rather have it as, like, your Mario... It'd be like Mario the Masquerade. Okay. Where you're, like... like It starts off as rust, and you're sort of scavenging and eating things, and, and then eventually you get big enough to, like, to terrorise toad villagers at night. As, <laughs> as you as you store it. Or during the day. Fuck them, what are they going to do? Yeah. I can throw fire from my hands. They're just toads. They can run left and right and jump. This is an edgy Newgrounds game, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Sort of thing that Peter would release. Uh, pe- uh, people for I think we'll oh 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 yes to yeah. make a point about mushroom cruelty or something. Yeah, Fuck okay. Those people. They're okay, insane. so it's gone home, but you're Mario. Yes, that's basically I, it. <laughs> I really like the idea that we'd hide it. We'd make it ab- very abstract and obfuscated. But but like when you press A, you do a little hop and go. What? Well, that's, that's why. I'm thinking, that's why I'm thinking it's a role playing game. Mm, yes, Be- okay. because then like you have all of the the game uh, in quotation marks laid out in front of you on your character sheet. Right. Yeah. So because there's no investigative functions or mourn skill, um, <laughs> remember <laughs> lost loves. Because there's none of that on the character sheet. Because it's jump collect. This is how mm. this, this is the slots of how many power ups you can hold, mm. and things like that. And then as you get to. You just you just play uh, the standard platformer, and again, literally ten minutes. Right. Yeah. It's a very short section, mm-hmm. um, just enough to get them to fall for it. But then they complete the level. They think, "Oh, Princess Another Castle. We'll do the next level." Mm-hmm. No, no, no. What happened here? What happened here? And then you have to like fill up your. You get forced to fill up your your pickup slots with emotions. Oh, which don't have any sort of power up. No, there's no power up in it, but now uh, you are sad. Yeah. And it just stays there forever. And it like you start messing with the character sheet and like swapping me, out the ability to jump. Part of me kind of, kind of like doesn't want to put in Mario from the start of this. Like I kinda of wanna have it like like you awaken a strange kingdom and you know you must save the princess. I mean that's that's probably the better game. Well, I, I, I suppose like that the gag is slowly discovering it's Mario. Rather than slowly, slowly discovering the limits of the NES in terms of emotional <laughs> progression. That's fair, yeah. But I can I mean, do honestly, that, that, that would work. But like, what what sort of system would you use for slowly discovering it's Mario rather than going for Mario to sadness? Oh, Savage Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like, I haven't yeah, described um, a system. I've just described a method of. Building a system. Um, I would have it as I would have it as basically kind of a horror game that you okay. wake up and you describe you describe the universe of Mario in this really weird in these really weird terms. 
Mm-hmm. Like, um, like uh, you're wearing tattered dungarees, and there is a void on either side of you, and grass grows ahead, and there's this this horrible sort of fungaloid creature stomping towards you. Yeah. What do you do? And then eventually, like, you get to a castle, and uh, and then. Like one of the mushroom creatures comes forward and says, "I'm sorry, Mario. Your princess is in another castle." And you're like, "Oh, it was Mario all along." <laughs> I should have guessed when I jumped over that squiddy. I should have guessed when this was entirely 2D and I picked up a mushroom. Yeah, that is fair. Is, yeah, I'll... like it's real quick to guess that one. Might have to describe it as a cake or something. <laughs> a spongy cake. What grows in the woods. Like a mushroom. Mm-hmm. An Wink. ambulatory cake. Wink. Okay. We need another one. We need another one. Let's go. Let's, 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 let's go back to the mine. See what we can find. Captain Bison Tripshorn, Brain Mage, writes in, Chess bastards. <laughs> there is an annual world championship chess tournament. Mm-hmm. And at least three or four people that you know and hate mm-hmm. are playing. Mm-hmm. Ruin it. I I love the idea because chess is always very straight laced. Very quiet. It's it's like it's like it's like the world's oldest game. It's not mm-hmm. but you know it's very yeah. old. It's, it's 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 one of the it's one of the oldest continually played. It's like Go, I think, as well as very old. Kaplunk and, and chess. Yes, of course. Yes, Kaplunk and of course Pop Up Pirate, uh, which uh, was originally created by um I believe Indian monarchs as a means of simulating poking swords into a barrel containing a pirate. Yes, and also um, as a as, as a more prison friendly version of Russian roulette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had, you had to eat the large uh, at that point wooden pirate. Well, yeah, it was, it was, sorry, it's a small pirate. It was it was it was a brass pirate, um, mm. and whilst pushing the tiny plastic swords into the barrel, you had to place your eye over the aperture. Ah, and it it, it taught you the hubris. And basically, it was given to you by the by, by the warden to tell mm-hmm. you not to play Russian roulette because it could go badly. Yeah, well, and you learned your lesson. Now you own a bakery. Ch- <laughs> Welcome to Chess Bastards. You've learned your lesson playing Pop Up Pirate in an ancient Indian jail. <laughs> now, now you run a bakery making delicious treats for the children. Chess Bastards. Chess Bastard. Uh, no, Chess Bastard is a game in which it is. I want to think it's like full contact chess. Mm-hmm. Or rather, underhanded chess. So you... you're also playing a second game of chess under the table when none of you can see the parts. So it's chess. It's it's just normal chess, right? But let's say maybe you can apply contact poison <laughs> to your opponent's pieces when they're not looking, or okay. like jostle the table, or like sledging. You couldn't have a small holiday in Lapland. I don't understand. No, um, like like in cricket, when like when you when you like mutter abuse under your mouth to the opposing team. Okay, you know what? Ne- never heard of that before. Popular cricket technique. Oh, what? Just calling um, somebody a twat. Oh yeah, you say like really racist shit to them and stuff. Um, wow. Uh, as as like like in, in, like you'll you'll get the backstop to sort of be horrible to them. Weird. Yeah, it's strange. But you, uh, so like there'd be a lot of sledging going in. There'd be like shoving, <laughs> Ch- cheating, just straight cheating. Like yeah, that thing where the, you, you, you play chess, queens. you play chess, and then play a boxing match. Mm. But the boxing match is not part of the rules, and there are no boxing gloves. <laughs> it's a fight. Maybe okay, okay. 
chess very dry, very mm-hmm. boring. What wet we need chess. to do? Sorry, we need wet chess. We need wet chess, baby. Wet stunts. What I'm thinking is there's a little old game called Call of Duty, mm-hmm. which introduced the mechanic of kill of kill streaks, and you unlock benefits. <laughs> so what yes. I want is I, I want the ability to fucking dominate my opponent. It's not just that I'm going to win at chess with like some clever maneuvers. I'm going to take a few of their pawns, and then I get what's this? A gun. <laughs> I've killed almost all of their opposing team. I have an active nuclear warhead. Precisely. I'm going to set their trousers on fire. And there's nothing they can do about it. I'm going to take this country. That okay, That's kind of outside the boundaries of chess. I've got a nuke. I think you can probably wangle it. But I, I think that, like... In, like, And, like, none of them are really sort of chess upgrades... Yeah, there they're, are all ways of external. making your opponent feel worse, but they are all like it's all rules as written. You all, you, you came into this, you signed this. <laughs> like, like, like the first upgrade you get is just a really big gold crown that says "King of Chess." Mm. Yes, and it, it's just a psychological weapon. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to make that other person feel pretty bad about themselves when they're aware they're not the King of Chess. And um, the, the third upgrade is a, is a small dented tin crown for them, which reads, chess bitch. It just says, idiot. Idiot. Only idiots wear this crown, it says. <laughs> and they have to wear it. It's got a strap that you tie on. The one after that, you take away their chair. <laughs> <laughs> so they can still play, it's fine. But they've got to stand the whole time. Six kill streak. You get a little jack that you put under your edge of the table, and you you slowly build up the uh, the camber so your pieces slide towards <laughs> theirs and those fall off. Another upgrade, which is you know the little clock. Mm-hmm. On yours, it just does the gentle ticking, but on theirs, it goes. Your mother never loved you, <laughs> just the whole time. You um you get you, you get their clock to tick more and more arrhythmically. <laughs> tick, 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 tick. Tick 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 tick. tick. Marvelous. Mm, mm. Ca- kind of into this one. They they have to hold a, just a, just a, a cat that hates them. Mm. Just the whole time. If they put it down, they automatically lose. Like it's not actively violent, but it's wriggling and it's trying to get out. Yeah, and like it's, it's clawing. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're getting a bit scratched. It's not it's not dangerous. It's not too painful, but it's just. Ugh, you hate this cat. You take out, you, like you take your twelve, pe- your your twelve piece, and they're like they're nearly done. Like they're they're on the fucking rope. I don't know how many pieces are in a chess match. Maybe Forty-two. Um, or fifty for the pair. Um, right. and That's you so uh, you take you take your twelve piece, and you wordlessly produce the jar of fat you keep in the fridge, and they have to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> you just gently push a raw egg across the across the board. Like 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 sort of tap roll it. Tap roll it like like you're you're rolling it, but you're sort of gently tapping it with with the ends of, with like with with your with your with your um the the fingers and your hands in a palm and you're sort of poking it across. Yes, and this then they have to eat now. it. I'd be okay with eating it. Do I have to eat the shell? Well, yes. You can't break it. Oh, uh, hmm. uh. I'd very I'd very quickly like to pop in because I think Chess Bastards is our game. Obviously, um, I think that it's it's time for a sexy overhaul of chess. Quick cue. <laughs> Is this is this like a is this virtual or are we actually doing this to each other? This is a real thing. Lovely, thank you. Um, like what I what I'd like is I 
I'd like there to be in like a like a, a school sports hall sort of space. Mm-hmm. Echoey. There's mm. some bars folded against the wall. Mm. Lines on the floor, that sort of space. Dead centre, table, two chairs, the two people playing. Mm-hmm. And then slightly too close, there's just a ring of people watching. Mm. There's no chairs or anything for them. Like like in a in, in a in a schoolyard, they'd be yeah. yelling fight. Oh yeah, they keep talking and shouting. Yeah, they're that they're that close. Mm. Do you get a chair? Well, well if, you're play, if you're playing, it, yes. Yeah, to start with, you get a chair, and then you. Yes, yeah, so you, 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 you're given like the chair is very comfortable. The table mm. is very nice looking. You know, you get drinks and everything because it can all be taken. Yeah, it starts off nice. You know, chess boxing. Yes. What about chess hot boxing? <laughs> so you play chess, you get unbelievably high, and then you play chess again. Well, like that, but more. You go into a small, like an ensuite bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, tape up the window. Yep. Uh, and maybe like put a draft excluder under the door, uh, and then roll a whacking great doobie, mm-hmm. uh, and start playing chess. And whenever you're not playing, like whenever it's not your turn, you have to smoke the doobie. Okay. Or left-handed cigarette, <laughs> as it might be called. Um, what a great name. I've right. taken the left hand path. Actually, no. Sorry. When it's your turn, you have to because when it's not your turn, that encourages your opponent to take ages. Yes. Um. So. The longer the longer you take to, to to make a move in chess, the less able you'll be under you'll be to understand the concept of chess. Mm. I think that could be that could be an interesting variant on like on like the idea that oh oh you get knocked about a bit with boxing and that, I, that makes it harder. I think that might be the only time I could win at chess. I think I might enjoy losing more. Possibly, yeah. Mm. But the point is, I hate chess. It's a it's a it's outdated, awful outdated game. It's a terrible game. It's mm. very boring to play. Oh, what system does it run on? Wood. Yeah, whatever. It's analog, mm. um, and it's it's just about somebody proving they're better than you. I will. Say, I prefer it to poker in that someone proving that they've got more money and are better at lying. But... See, I like I liked poker because at least there's there's things I can manipulate in poker. I would argue there's quite a few things that you can manipulate in chess. No, but the, the all of the parameters are set in chess. Right. Okay. There's there, there's there's not much of a meta game. No, like in in, in chess, we. I realise that mathematically speaking, this is not true, but mm-hmm. we're getting to the end of the amount of permutations you can do in chess. And it's not like you can throw your car keys onto the table to make things interesting. Right. Like it's mm. just. This is how chess works. Everybody knows how chess works. Every game of poker is subtly different because it's got different people in it. <laughs> really like the idea of playing chess and like you go to move your knight twice, and then and then, <laughs> and, and, and then then one of the guys one of the guys is like, hey hey hey, I didn't agree to move in the knight twice, and the and, and, and the the antagonist leans over and goes, don't worry, let him do it. Okay, I move my knight three times. <laughs> Or he says, whoa, 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 you can't just do that. And he just pulls off his wedding ring and puts it on the table. And then <laughs> puts it on the night. Yeah. Any questions, This mate? says I can. Well, you take that night, you've got to marry it. <laughs> You're legally married. That is, oh. I, I think chess bastards could definitely, could definitely benefit from some sort of advanced convoluted gambling mechanic. Yes. Maybe maybe I could get like runs or flushes, <laughs> and like if I put the chess pieces in a certain order, I get benefits of some kind. I like that. If you have certain combinations left at the end, 
Or, or like, never mind at the end, if I set it up so it goes like white, black, white, black, white, black, I get a, I don't know, a sandwich or something. That'd be great. Yeah, get a tenner. Yeah, I get a tenner, which I can spend on night poison. Uh, at the chess tuck shop? At the chess... Well, now there's a buy round, mate. <laughs> it's 30 seconds before every match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get like a sawn-off shotgun or a, <laughs> or a, a spiked Obviously, chain meteor there's no, hammer. I'd like to point out, there's no actual murder in this. No, it's just chest bastards, not chest murderers. Yeah, so that you you are allowed to use a shotgun in any way you see fit. However, nobody can die or be harmed in it. It's not a loaded shotgun. No, it is loaded. Oh god, absolutely loaded. If someone dies, do you lose? Yes. Or are you just admonished? No. <laughs> now don't do that again. No, no, you instantly lose. You you're done. Okay. So you can point it at them and scare the crap out of them. Mm. But but they know. Like... But they know that they can't, you can't kill them with it. Unless you've set up this entire chess bastards just to assassinate this person. Dun dun dun. Metaplot. Idiot. Right. Chess Thank bastards. you for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. I was, sorry, I always like to put in here really quickly. Ursula Dice wrote in with Chris Taylor, soldier spy. Oh, I like that. Isn't it? Were you interested in being a soldier or a spy? No, oh, God, no. That's a lot okay. of work. I don't want to die. I think you'd rather be a tinker. I Not like that. Thank you for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. My name's Grant Howitt, that was Chris Taylor, and we've been hearty. Well, tired. <laughs> so tired. But we have been friends, and we and I think chess is strictly diceless, so... Oh, fuck it, let's put some dice in as well. Yeah. Yeah. How else are you going to know how many squares they can move? Mmm. Roll to move. Much maligned. Mmm. Mm. But I think, I think here, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Like... The knight can still only move in its own pattern, but you roll a d12 to see how many squares it moves. Mm, and you can roll with advantage if it's married. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that was a latter roll after a very, very dangerous tournament. If you've enjoyed this, you can go to patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends and give us some money. Come and hang out in the Discord. Uh, if you've got a question, you can go to my Twitter, which is GS Howard, and ask me, but I'll forget. So don't do that. <laughs> if you've got a question if you've got a question listen baby baby maybe it wasn't meant to be write it down in a copy of a book and then maybe I'll buy that book later on I'm John Cusack phone me just before we record the next episode and tell I, me your and tell me what your idea for a game is if we do it before I'll probably forget so just call me during the next episode recording no I mean like immediately before okay but like at that point, I could just hold the microphone up. I could hold the phone up to the microphone, and that's like cutting out the middleman at that point, eh? Oh, that's that's just efficient. That's free money. Yeah, it's grand. Do that. Um, yeah. You can find my number. I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere. It has to be. I'm not that careful. I'll, we love I'll, you. I'll, I'll seed it tonight. Don't do that. We love you <laughs> very much. <laughs> Please don't do that. Uh, if you want to, have a good day. Okay. If you, if you don't, then don't. Yeah, don't don't let yourself stop you. Be good. Don't stand in your way. Bye. Bye.